Welcome to Personal Podcaster, the place where you learn how to create a podcast to develop your career. I'm your host, Angela Chong. Welcome back to another episode of Personal Podcaster. Today I have Ryan Becker on the show. Ryan, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. I am excited to be here and and to talk about something I'm really, really passionate about. Awesome. Let's dive right in. How has podcasting developed your career? So podcasting was something that I got into just completely as a side hustle. Um, and not even it was at first it was it was a more so a hobby and just a way to express myself in a different format and talk and, and have meaningful conversations that I wanted to have. And what that turned into was a I got way better in my technical audio skills uh, and learned a lot of the things that that I needed to in order to produce, not just get an episode edited, but also to be able to process and master the audio and learning all that back end. I learned uh, content strategy and publishing strategy, distribution and, and, and podcast growth. Uh, and I learned what I believe is the most important thing in podcasting, which is to really focus on the listener experience and to create a high quality experience for them. And it's really cool because what what started as a hobby turned into a side hustle and it turned into me being able to empower others with podcasting as well and teaching seminars, doing webinars and and really helping others own their own voice for podcasting or through podcasting. And so from there it it led me to finding making the jump to going full time. So I would say, yeah, it, it completely derailed any career plans I had before because I found out that I have this whole communication medium that I absolutely love. You mentioned a lot of different skills that you had to learn along the way. How long did it take you to learn everything? So I was a little bit lucky in that I already had some decent communication skills because at the time that I started podcasting, I was a pastor. And so I was preparing sermons every week and preaching. And I did a lot of work within communication, did a lot of interviews, did a lot of, of managing production flow. And, and so there was some background that I already had that gave me a natural lead into it. Now, don't get me wrong. You listen, I, if I go back and listen to my first episodes, I would absolutely cringe and hate every second of listening. But it gave me the confidence I needed at the beginning to get started. And I would say that the rest of those skills came over the course of the next couple of uh, the next few years. Uh, I, with the audio skills, I edited manually probably my first 50 episodes before I was comfortable to just use presets to fast forward through the process. And that was specifically because I was trying new things. I was getting new microphones. I was learning the, I also moved a couple times and I was learning the ins and outs of what different effects would do to my voice, to the voice of my guest or my co-host. And so all of these developed just because consistently pushing out content was what helped me trial and error and find out what worked, what didn't work, and what was a symptom of my own show versus what was something that is true for podcasts in general and compare and contrast that. So yeah, it was it was definitely over the course of time, but I would say the majority of what I learned, I learned within about four years. Nice. Okay. So A-B testing throughout, um, experimenting. Yes. 
just like a good marketer. You honed in on the importance of the listener experience as the most important part of podcasting. Can you expand on that? Yeah. So most people, when they start a podcast, it's usually because they found something that they're really passionate about that they want to talk about, or they think they have something to share or a topic they're interested in that that they want to learn more about. And so they're going to invite others on the journey too. This is all great. And those are all fine. You can start a podcast for whatever reason. But what I consistently discover is that when people start their podcast, they only think of it from the perspective of what they want to talk about rather than how the listener should or needs to hear it. And Mm. this is important because communication matters. The way that you communicate to someone matters. So Mm -hmm. you can talk about what you're passionate about all day long, but if you don't do it respectfully or if you don't give proper context before you dive into the topic, then your listeners are going to be lost or they're just not going to enjoy the conversation because they'll feel disrespected. The other side of that is finding the balance point of some people go too far in one direction of of giving context or background information. And then their listeners are, are sitting there thinking, I already know all of this. Just get to the point already. So it sure. takes an intentional amount of effort to actually get to know your listeners, understand what they want, and to really consider not just how you're delivering it, but the quality of it as well. They, Too many people are investing the minimum in mm-hmm. equipment, which there are diminishing returns after a certain point. I, I firmly believe that. But they invest the bare minimum thinking, this is what I need to record. But they never ask, is this what someone needs to hear me well? And people are far more willing to forgive poor quality video than they are poor quality audio. So in my in my opinion and in my experience, I think every single podcaster, regardless of whether you're already doing this or not, every single podcaster could use additional focus and, and could afford additional focus on the listener experience. It's like you know what you're talking about, and that makes so much sense. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. Um, Yeah, I love what you said about communication matters and how you communicate and tone of voice. I think all of that is super important. Can you dive more into communication tips as you were talking about how much communication matters and your experience as a pastor and communicating with people? Yeah, so... The first thing that I try to tell hosts, especially if you're doing a interview-based show, is I tell them that you are the listener's advocate. So when you're interviewing a guest, you not only need to be thinking of the questions that you want to ask, but you need to be thinking as if you're a listener and ask yourself, what would the listener ask at this stage? What What's a question that they might be curious about? What's something they might be curious about based on what this person just said? Or did my guest say something that that needs additional context? For for my personal show, it's a it's a super niche show. I was a pastor. My co-host currently is a pastor. And there are oftentimes where we've called out some stuff within our own denomination, which is a highly organized denomination, and we've called stuff out and we've gone into detail about what's going on. And in doing so, every single time that we do it, we need to make sure that we give proper context and explain different terminology that's used. Because for those that are listening for the first time, they don't have that context. They don't. They may not know what this, what any term, any specific term means. And so, I think that's the number one thing: is remember to be the listener's advocate. 
the other thing is, yeah, respect your listener, respect their experience. And this is most easily accomplished when you have an idea of who your target listener is. If you can describe who your target listener is, then you'll have a much better time understanding how to properly respect them. And this is the way that I phrase this for any any podcaster is picture someone looking at your show or looking at any specific episode and saying, wow, this is exactly what I needed. This is exactly what I was looking for. It's like this was made for me. Who is that person? Who is saying that? Is it a business leader? Is it a marketer? Is it another podcaster? Is it a teen? Is it a Gen Z uh, going into college? Is it a uh, um, is it an adult adult going back to college to finish their degree? Is it a you know whatever whatever you need to identify for your target audience? Now you need to now that you have that kind of a basic level persona built out of your ideal listener. Now you understand what they may or may not know, and what kinds of things you may need to share with them, or in what way you need to share it. If you're doing a social justice podcast, you better have your terminology straight. You better understand what you're talking about. And or if you're doing a political podcast, same deal. You need to have an understanding of the subject matter, but you also need to have an understanding of the the traits and behaviors of your audience. Mm. How do you think for folks just just diving into podcasting, say they're a recent college grad or someone who is going back to school, switching careers, how do they even where do they even start with niching down? their ideal customer profile or IAP ideal audience profile. audience profile love oh, it so good well the first thing I would say is identify why you're making a podcast and I and identify the impact that you want your your podcast to have so do mm-hmm. you want your podcast to help people like in this show be better podcasters Or Mm -hmm. do you want your listener to be able to buy a house? Do you want your listener to know the ins and outs of buying a car or of car mechanics or or, uh, taking your car to the mechanic? Whatever it might be. And this is true on an episode level and on a podcast level. But understand what impact you actually want your show to have. When you know that, then it's a lot easier as well, I think, to answer who needs that impact. Who would benefit the most from having this, this, this content? And if your answer is everyone, you're starting off at the, on the wrong foot. And to be clear, this doesn't mean that you can't start recording until you know this. There, I started recording before I knew any of this. The goal is that you're, you're always working toward, you're always working toward a goal of, of, of landing on that idea. And in the meantime, you can be recording, you can get used to the other steps in the process. And, and as you find your voice and get more comfortable speaking, some of that may answer itself. Or you may find out who's drawn to your show already, who's listening to it, and be able to interact with them, build community, and identify your target listeners from there. Maybe right now all you know is, I have something to say and I feel like I need to say it. That's okay to start. And then as your audience takes shape, you learn to better identify them as well. That's definitely a flying the plane uh, and and fixing the plane in the air sort of analogy than fully thinking through implications. Although I've been wrestling with that idea because I think thinking through implications 
that planning phase, you can really get stuck in it. So it's, yes. I like what you're saying because it's okay to start. I do think there is some, some wisdom in some sort of plan. Yep. I don't think, I, I don't think anybody hops on a microphone and just like spits out random thoughts. I think they, they have to have some sort of topic. Well, I don't know. You invited me on this show and that's basically what I do. So <laughs> <laughs> I, so the way that I liken this is, um, I have a I have a personal approach to the idea of forgiveness, which is way out of left field, by the way. But if someone has an egregious wrong that's done toward like if I have an egregious wrong that's done toward me, that I know it's going to take me a long time to be able to forgive them for what they have done, then it's not about holding the grudge. It's not about letting go of the of letting go of the behavior right away, but rather understanding that forgiveness is the goal that I'm working toward. So what do I need to do every day in order to get myself one step closer to forgiveness, in order to get one step closer to healing and to restoring this relationship or to whatever the goal is? Maybe it's not restoring the relationship, but maybe it's new boundaries, or maybe you need boundaries along the way to restore the relationship. So I see forgiveness as something you work toward over time. And in the same way, I think that some of what I've already shared is a goal that you can work toward over time as long as you are setting goals and milestones along the way to ensure that you get there. Some free counseling from Ryan Becker. Love it. Thank you. Appreciate that. And I agree. I agree. I think that process is so helpful. And having that process mindset is helpful because it takes the pressure off. It's like I don't have to have all of my ducks in a row. I don't have to have it all figured out. I can have this as a learning process. So thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. You've mentioned your podcast a couple of times. Can you share with the audience what is your podcast uh, and how did you begin it? Sure. So my podcast is called Absurdity with Ryan Becker. It's great. It starts with A, super easy to find. Uh, and I've not encountered anything else called Absurdity, which is also helpful. Uh, so it is, I started it because I, in 2016, when in June of 2016, when the Pulse nightclub shooting happened in Orlando, Florida, I'm from Orlando. I had friends that night who were planning to be at the Pulse nightclub and they just decided not to go for whatever reason. They decided to go to sleep early that night or weren't feeling well. And actually that was when I found out some of my friends were part of the LGBTQ plus community. I was pastoring in rural South Carolina. My church members were, I, we were on a journey together, but they were in, they, they were not in any position to, to care or be passionate about this kind of, this kind of work and advocacy work and to, and there wasn't a lot I could do from where I was in order to help and in order to lend my voice. And I had been, because I'd been pastoring, but because I was a somewhat influential figure at my college and, um, I, I had a decently large following just of people within my within my denominational circle. I jumped in to start a podcast thinking, if I can't physically go do anything, let me use my voice because that's the one thing I know how to use already. And so I started podcasting. I recorded into my laptop microphone for the first few episodes. Then my ADHD obsession, obsessive face took over and I quickly r rose through the, the microphone ranks and maybe or maybe potentially went into debt for it but oh well the i've made that money back so and and i just wanted to use my voice and my platform to elevate the voices of others and and 
to talk about things that I that were meaningful. And the idea behind this was it's absurd that in 2016, this is what's happening. It's absurd in 2022 that X is happening. And so every so we talk about all things absurd in religion, culture and society. And when I invite guests on, it's hilarious because they will they will be in the in the heat of the moment, they'll be talking about some uh, whatever the topic is, and they'll get really frustrated and they'll just go, "It's absurd!" And then I like watch the light bulb flick on, and they go, "Oh, that's why it's called this." So it is a lot of fun. I've loved it, um, and I we're over 170 episodes in. We have been pretty slow on publishing this year, just because of a lot of personal change, life changes going on between me and my co-host. But we are hoping to get back to it soon, and 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 to end the hiatus, but it has been a lot of fun. It's been one of my favorite things that I've done in my lifetime. So great. 170 plus episodes is incredible. It's absurd, Becker. It's absurd. That's awesome. Yes. It's, it's empowering and encouraging to hear that you wanted to use your voice to elevate others and what they were going through and their stories. And that's very exciting to me because I think that's, so important if you have a sphere of influence and you can help others, especially those that need it, that is a much larger purpose than just talking to talk, you know? So I love that purpose of your show. Yeah. Thank you. And what's, what was really cool and what I learned very quickly after was what I found more and more, what I found happening more and more was that instead of just using my platform to elevate someone else, I began teaching other people to build and utilize their own platform. And that is far more empowering when I have others that are starting shows now and using their voice and building their, their following and being able to actually advocate for the things that matter to them in a more sustainable and long-term impactful way. So it really did transform even from what I originally had intended into something so much more beautiful, in my opinion, and something so much more meaningful as well. That that goes into the thought line of having a distinct purpose for your show. Even if you are using a podcast to develop your career, it can have a very specific purpose. I've seen marketing podcasts help others find jobs by inviting various marketing directors, marketing managers onto the show, and then sharing what job openings there are at their companies. That is like, that's incredible. And that host gets to talk to other marketing leaders. So very distinct example of how podcasts can develop someone's career. Um, I still, I still have a question in my mind of, okay, this is all really great, but how do, where do I even begin developing my purpose for my show if I'm developing my career. Um, I know we went over identifying the why. So, okay, why I could be wanting a job, Um, but also maybe the impact. How would that translate in career development? So for career development, if you're starting a podcast to develop your career, whether it's because you're trying to be a thought leader or you're trying to make yourself known to potential employers, whatever it might be, the first thing that I would ask is, what do you need those people to see? What would be, what would you create that you would consider successful? 
And another way to phrase this is if you know who your listener is, if you know what your 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 intended goal is for career development, if it if it let's say it is if it is to land a job, if it's to land a job, then what would a recruiter or what would a hiring manager in this company or even the CEO of the company what would make them what kind of content could you create that they would listen to and they would say okay i i want to hire this person or i wonder if if this person is available to work or to hire on as a freelance right so okay maybe you need to show that you're well networked so time to invite a bunch of guests on for a bit and do a short series on that or maybe you need to show that you really know your stuff and so you're you're bringing on other people just to talk about the ins and outs of the career field or you're going on a journey of learning yourself and you're demonstrating your ability to learn something quickly and your your knowledge to constantly self-improve and and to be critical of yourself and to correct any misconceptions that you may have you want to show the things that are going to be the most valuable to your target audience i'm writing that down <laughs> <laughs> such great such great questions to ask yourself thank you I think that gives a really good starting point for sure I want to go back to audio editing and the equipment that you use and I know there's a, probably a lot of listeners who have basic microphones what's that next step to take yeah um so what I tell people from an equipment standpoint is if you're willing to invest in a Shure SM58 microphone, which is like the standard performance microphone, if you think of a microphone, that's probably the one you're thinking of. And if you get that and you buy a uh, an easy one to choose as the Focusrite Scarlett uh, Solo, this that combination is going to run you about $250, but then you're done. That microphone is tested by its quality controlled by having literal tour buses drive over it because it's used by so many traveling musicians and, and artists. So it is something that is is really, really important that it's that thing is a tank. Like you throw it at a train and the train will break first. So you buy that, you're almost never gonna have to upgrade unless you choose to. And the focus right is the audio interface that it plugs into. A lot of people get overwhelmed by this, but the easiest way to think about this is it's just a USB converter. Just think of it as turning the the XLR port from your microphone into a USB and allowing you to plug into your computer. If you were to make that investment, you will sound no different than I do right now on my microphone that costs me $300 on its own. So this is what I mean when I say diminishing returns. The only reason to do a different microphone would be if you want the aesthetic, in which case if you want the podcast aesthetic, just get a Rode pod mic. It's $100 as well, same price as the Shure SM58, and has a little bit more of that podcasting look. Um, and then for audio editing software, you can use Audacity or GarageBand if you're on a Mac for free. You can also buy Reaper. It's a one-time one $60 fee for Reaper. Great audio editing software. There are some amazing, a lot of actually, a lot of voiceover artists will use Reaper, and you can find tutorials online on YouTube. That's where I learned is 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 through YouTube tutorials and then trial and error myself. I currently do use uh, Adobe Audition, but the skills are pretty translatable in whatever program you use. You just have to learn the ins and outs of that specific program. Maybe a keyboard shortcut has changed, or maybe they call a tool something different, but most of it can stay uh, most of your your skills, your technical skills, can translate between programs, which is nice. So, the 
as long as you have something to start out with, if you're on a Mac, GarageBand is great. Just jump in and find some tutorials on YouTube and you will you will be rocking. There are mixers and audio interfaces. This is fun. An audio interface typically only has two port, one to two ports on it that you can record. It actually uses the left and right of the stereo to do so. What the mixer does is, and it doesn't have any, you can't do any EQing on it. So I can't change the bass or the highs or the, the mids at all. I can't adjust my voice. It literally just lets my voice go through. The mixer will allow you to do all of that. The downside is you can't separate out the microphones in a mixer. So a mixer, if I have four microphones plugged into a mixer and the mixer into my computer, it's all going to be one file. So the audio interface will also allow you to separate. Some mixers do allow you to separate still, but most of them, it just, it just depends on what your need is. But if you're a podcaster, you probably want an interface so that you can edit after the fact. Whereas a mixer is for, more for someone who's like a streamer and needs to have their voice processed live while they're talking so that the, the signal that the computer actually receives sounds like the final product. That's a good tidbit for sure. And there's, I mean, there's lots of people who are trying lots of different methods of podcasting. So there's a lot of people who are trying the live podcasting version, either on, either on social platforms and they're live, like LinkedIn live, or I guess you can convert. No, that wouldn't make sense. Converting streaming into a podcast because those are so visual. So maybe that wouldn't work. You can. I mean, if you're someone who does a does a I mean, you can do podcasting and you can stream it, but you could also convert a stream into a podcast episode if the content is relevant. But no, I wouldn't do that. Just I wouldn't do that as a default method or default mode. I would look to do specific segments as potentially a special podcast outtake if you do more of a discussion based hangout style like live stream. Yeah. Good. Good. Thanks. Great tips. Great tips. What's your secret sauce for making a podcast episode engaging? So my secret sauce is I, this one, uh, I, I sometimes people, people get into a jam really quickly with this one, which is why it's funny because they realize how quickly or how much they do this. The number one thing that you can do to make your podcast more engaging, it is the simplest thing in the world refer to your audience as one person. You are always talking to just one person. Sure, there are occasions where someone might be listening to their show, you know, listen listening to your show with a friend in the car or family around or something like that. I actually some of my podcast episodes were used in a curriculum in a in a high school at one point. So there were occasions where people were using were like a whole group of students were listening to an episode. I had a friend who was a teacher, and so when he heard it and was doing a unit on social justice, he ended up using some of my content to spark discussions. It was really cool. Mm. Um, I loved it. What and a privilege. That's awesome. Yeah. It was amazing. And I can't believe I forgot about that until just now, because it really is amazing, and I'm really proud of that fact. Um, yes. But if you were... Every single audience is an audience of one. Even if they're listening in a group, they're still hearing it to themselves. So when you say... Welcome back, everyone. Sure, there is an element of you're reminding them that they're a part of a bigger community. But when you say, welcome back, I'm so glad you're here. That's personal. Mm -hmm. When I say, mm -hmm. you know, maybe there's a listener out there who is wondering this. 
that gives you that listener, that gives that listener the opportunity to say, yes, that is me. How did you know? Versus maybe there are listeners out there. Um, saying I'm one of them versus that's me is an entirely different mindset and perspective. So your listeners are always an audience of one. That's so good. I just read an article. Someone posted about this on LinkedIn. There's research being done recently about how people are listening to podcast episodes or even audiobooks with headphones more and more, and that they are feeling more connected to the host versus even if it's just you, but you're listening to the episode without headphones, there is not as much of a connection. However, to your point, the words that you say also help that sort of connection with the host. And the more people feel connected with you, the more likely they are to return, which is also something something to think through. Yes, absolutely. Really good. Okay, let's transition into some rapid fire questions. One, what's your best career advice? My best career advice is find ways that you can add value in ways that are also visible. So it's not the it's not the person who does the hard work that gets the promotion. It's the person who does the visible work that gets promotions. That's oh, it true. it is it is the worst by the way, because you could work. you can be the hardest working person ever. And that lazy person two two desks down from you is the one getting the promotion because they did the one thing that everyone saw. And mm. that the reality is, if your work is all invisible, no one ever knows that you did it. No one ever knows to thank you for it, to give you credit. So you need mm -hmm. to do work that is visible. Maybe that's you found out a process and you figured out a process for yourself. So you're going to turn that process into a resource for other people to use. When I was at my my last job, I was in university recruiting. Uh, I created an entire additional supplemental information sheet that had very, very specific details on dates and things that wouldn't be printed in our regular yearly promotional materials because the dates will always change or like it just can't exist in a pre-printed document, whereas this was more of a living document that I could print out and just say, here you go. Here's the latest information on these dates. Here is the latest. Here are direct websites that you can go to all on one sheet. And I started to find out that when I visited with a family or when I was talking with a student over email or over the phone, I could send them this and, and they were so grateful for it. It really made the process easier. So I went to my team and I said, hey, here is this document that I made that's been making a difference for my people. Here, hopefully you can use it too. Feel free to make a copy of it, edit it, make it your own, but I'm just sharing this to share it. Things like that matter. Things like mm -hmm. that make a difference and things like that are visible when you're showing that you're interested in the growth of the company or the growth of your team, the success of your other team members around you, and you're lifting them up, and you're doing so in a way that isn't that isn't arrogant, that's not trying to necessarily grab a spotlight, but it's very clear that you are the one that did it. You're you're so good at that. I mean, truly, I think you've really nailed this because and and it's it's not in an arrogant way at all. I think you simply are helping others and you're saying, hey, my experiment worked and I want to share this with you. And especially in a remote environment, that's so needed, especially if you want to be recognized for your 
contribution. So, but I don't ever feel, I mean, this is speaking as your teammate. I don't ever feel like you're trying to get ahead or like be cutthroat or anything like that. It's just simply helpful and you're really humble about it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And yeah, when you work in an agency, it it is important that your team is successful too. Like it's not, you can see it as cutthroat or you can see it as every single, every single other person on my team that fails means a client leaves means that our revenue is and our bottom line is impacted. I don't want my team members to fail because a, I like my team members and B I want it's job security for me when my team members succeed too. And that's important. And if they succeed because of the work that I did, then that's, or even in part because of the work that I did, then that's a win for all of us. So I don't see any, I don't really see any risk other than if you happen to help someone who's just a terrible human being, in which case there are other more pressing matters that probably need to involve HR. (laughs) So what's your favorite current podcast? My favorite podcast right now is, uh, there are actually two. It would be the future podcast, the future with Chris Doe, and the future is spelled without the E, and Chris Doe is spelled D-O. At, uh, and his YouTube channel is amazing. He's a gra- they're a graphic design agency, but he talks a lot about the business end of it, making sales, negotiations, pricing yourself based on value instead of hours. There's a great video he did on um, where he went through designing a logo and how to price out that with a with a client and a potential client, and it was incredible when when he shared like. If you want to pay me hourly, but if I turn around the same quality logo in two hours that you that may have taken me three days or three weeks, which is more valuable to you? So then why are you and and why would you only pay me hourly? Because hourly only incentivizes me to take longer on something that I could have done very quickly for you. Um, mm-hmm. And it would still be even more valuable because of the speed. So it's mm-hmm. it was just a great great video as well um but and then the other podcast is rise and lead with benjamin lundquist he's a former mentor of mine someone i've worked with uh before and he's fantastic at leadership advice at leading with empathy he talks about there there there's one of his early episodes he talks about having your own personal board everyone should have their own personal board of directors they're the people in your life that you go to with the big decisions they don't need to even know that they're a part of your board they're just the people that you text individually and you consult with and you and they help you make the decisions for your life and it is just great if you are a younger person um early in your career or coming out of college or even in the middle of your career there's so many uh great bits of information i think he actually had either i think he had the ceo of verizon on there recently too if i remember right so he's he's not just like it's not just him talking for 20 minutes um, plus his voice yeah. is incredible. It's like really deep and, and just very, he's just, it's just really high energy and it's really positive. And I think anyone could get, get benefit from it. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. I will link those in the show notes. What book are you reading currently? So currently I am taking a short break from reading. I am, I have been reading quite a bit as a part of my journey with counseling, um, I've been doing mm-hmm. some counseling to work through some childhood trauma and and some some bigger things that I've dealt with throughout my life. And so at the moment, you you can only stay in that mode for so long at a time. So currently, I'm focused on some a little bit different work right now. So I'm taking a break from from the books right this second. 
Um, but I I do want to jump back in soon. There are a couple that my wife and I actually want to go through together that that I'm excited to. But those names are escaping me right this second. So, um, but yeah, right now I'm just taking a little bit of a reprieve, and then I'm gonna jump back into the books. That's good. That's good. Let me ask this then: Are there any books that you would recommend for the podcasting industry? And that it doesn't, I mean, obviously there's only so much you can learn about like audio from reading a book, but other parts or other aspects of podcasting. Yeah. So actually this one is going to be a little crazy to you, but if you want to understand listener experience, one great book to read would be, it's actually behind me. Um, it's called The Experience. And let me grab it. So The Experience, it's uh, How to Tell Your Clients and Customers I Care by Bruce Loffler and Brian Church. Um, it's, yeah, The Experience, The Five Principles of Disney Service and Relationship Excellence. So basically, I would say that anything you read about client or customer experience is going to help you. One of the biggest things, for example, that that Disney found out was they found out the average number of steps, the ab the average maximum number of steps a person will take holding trash. Yep. They found out that that was that. 30, 30 feet. So they have a trash can every 30 feet in their parks to minimize the littering. A easy translatable skill. What is the average place that someone clicks out of your show? Is it 20 minutes in? You can find out through Apple Podcasts or if you publish to YouTube, you can find out when people are clicking off. What is happening at 20 minutes? What is happening at 18 minutes? Can you identify anything that's happening there? Or if there you can't, there's someone I, I know of that that if they couldn't identify why people were clicking off at 18 minutes. So instead, they just made sure to pack as much value into those first 18 minutes so that if someone did leave, they would at least have something to take with them. And it would actually incentivize listening further into the episode. So there are so many things that you can do to translate some of these skills into your podcasting and your communication skills. Such great examples. I, I as a former Disney employee, that literally a decade later sticks out in my brain from training because that it, it it was such a mind blowing fact to me. And I was so young when I worked there. So I was like, wow, that's like incredibly detail oriented and whatnot. And then of course, like, you know, Disney is such a leading, a leading industry expert. So did they still have the two finger point when you worked there? Like that tell you to oh, point yeah. with two fingers instead of one. Yep. See it, oh, yeah. every, every small the smallest Everything. possible details are incredible. Yep. It, it is amazing. Yep, absolutely. Becker, thanks so much. Where can people connect with you? Yeah, so you can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram. My name is the same on all of them. Uh, my URL is Real Ryan Becker because there's a bunch of fake ones out there. So I am the realist. Um, so Real Ryan Becker is the easiest way to find me. And uh, find me on LinkedIn. That's where I'm the most active. I haven't published on Instagram or uh, Facebook in a long time. I actually muted Facebook and my life is better for it. But my Spotify mm -hmm. account is connected to it, so I can't delete it. Um, but LinkedIn is where I'm the most active. But you can connect with me on any of the platforms. I'd be happy to talk. Uh, and if you mention this episode um, and if you mention Personal Podcaster to me, then I, I'm happy to give... Um, an hour of consulting for free. So if you want me to come in and help, uh, just reach out to me and mention that you listened to this episode and uh, happy to happy to book some time with you and, and help you with what you're what you're working on. 
So sweet. Also so smart. I see what you're doing. So smart. So good. Take notes, everyone. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Becker, so much. I hope you have a great day. Thank you. You too. You've been listening to Personal Podcaster. Thanks so much for joining us today. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. And if you can, please leave us a quick rating of the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.